Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor. Because a healthy body is a sexy body. And modern lovers, what if you had an inner guidance system? A part of you that you could turn to like a wise, trusted friend that would give you the information and the nudge to go the right direction. Whether it's your love life, your health, your money, that's what we're going to focus on today with our guest, David Gamo, and David is an expert on teaching people all about tuning into inner guidance. So stand by and get ready to tune into your own inner guidance. But first, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area or if you can get yourself here on March 14th for the first time at our brand new Modern Love Training Center in San Francisco, We have an amazing new seminar. I'm so excited about it. It's called Nine Steps to Save Your Love and Grow Your Money. Now, most of you know that love and money are connected. In fact, fights about money are the number one thing that couples fight about that lead to divorce. Money is the number one thing that people report having anxiety about. And anxiety is the enemy of your love life. So we are going to have two fantastic money experts with us who are internationally recognized experts. You'll get to learn from them, learn more about all of this, and grab your seats right now at Eventbrite. There's an early bird special of only $127. Normally the tuition is $297. So all Modern Love Radio listeners, run, don't walk. Grab those tickets at Eventbrite. Bring a friend so you've got a wing person, and I will see you there in person on March 14th at our Modern Love Training Center. Nine steps to save your love and grow your money. Now, here's our doctor, Brenda, question. I love getting your questions, so keep them coming. This person says, over the last year, I've been seeing a man uh, who works in my office. This should be a normal romance, but I've discovered he's dated another woman from the same company, and they all appear to end the same way. After a period of time, he breaks off, ends the relationship. My friends all say that I'm going to end up with heartache. 
but my boyfriend says he feels differently about me and the other women were just flings. I think I'm in love with this man, but I don't want to get hurt. What should I do? Oh, my goodness. What you should do is understand that if someone has a pattern, they have a pattern. And dating women at work is one of the things that I would say is a bit of a red flag because it means you're working your way through the pool of available women right in front of you and one after the next, assuming you can do that. Now, the pattern means something, whether he's willing to see it or not. Every man can say, oh, you're different from the others until the pattern resurfaces. I don't know what his pattern means, but usually people who have serial breakups have some problem with intimacy, and he needs to work on it. And I do think that you're right to keep at least a red flag on the field and figure this out. And if you have a pattern, this might be an opportunity for you to take a look at what kind of men you choose to fall in love with. So I wish you the very best, but it's important to not ignore information when it comes to you. It means something. God, I'm thinking about all the times I ignored information and I wish I had tapped into my inner guidance system to find out more about it. So we're going to be welcoming to the show our special guest, David Gamo. Hello, David. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So how did you get interested in this thing called the inner guidance, and what is that exactly? Uh, let's see. There are different ways to access information. And the, the habit for all humans is to use the conscious mind. And the conscious mind is a great tool and serves certain functions. But there's other sorts of information that doesn't really enter that way. Every great scientist knows that. The theory of relativity came to Einstein in an intuitive flash. It took decades after that for the conscious mind to prove it. But the insight is an insight. So what we want to do is we want to develop attitudes and live our life in such a way that we're maximally likely to be able to both draw that intuitive flash and to be able to hear it when it shows up. If your mind is filled with static and someone whispers something in your ear, you're not going to hear it. But it's not because the information is not available. It's because your mind is filled with static. So there are things that we can do to reduce the static, increase the receptivity, and maximize the chance that when those things are available, you'll actually hear them. Hmm. So the key that you're saying, and, and you have an extensive background, and I want to let people know that you and is it your wife, Karen Gamma? Yes, yes. Okay, are the founders of Clarity Seminars, and what you're talking about is making space to have clarity. Now, those of you who think David's just been blowing some smoke, he and Karen have been doing workplace stress management, leadership, resilience training to their clients, including NASA, CBS, GE, Citrix, Marriott, Western, U.S. Department of Treasury, National Park Service. Well, it's, it's hundreds, of, hundreds of clients. You probably don't yeah, want to read US, <laughs> the U.S. Navy, Stanford School of Medicine, right, right. and they've personally trained more than 30,000 people, and they're the authors of Freedom from Stress. It's very important 
that we all understand the difference that you just outlined. Now, Einstein isn't the only person. I have a friend who ran for some years a symposium put on by Trinity Church Wall Street, which is one of the largest Episcopal churches in the world, and they were funded by a big foundation that asked Nobel Prize winners from all over the world where they got the idea for whatever it was they discovered that they won their Nobel Prize for. And do you know all of them had a story like the one Einstein had? It was in a dream, or I had a flash, or a book fell off a shelf into my hands, or I was having a random conversation and someone said something and there was a click. So this isn't just something that uh, David and I, because you can tell I'm excited about it as well, are excited about. This is something that's been well-researched. So, David, can you say a little more about how people can get to that quiet place in the mind that allows them to access inner guidance, to hear that well, other a mind? A couple of things that I can mention. Um, one is, is it's, extremely, it's extremely helpful to meditate daily. I've been teaching meditation for probably close to 30 years at this point. When I first started uh, teaching in the corporate and government world, uh, how can I put it? People thought I was a flake from California. <laughs> now at right, this point, exactly. which is why I want to clarify this, your background. <laughs> now at this point, uh, there's an enormous amount of research from Harvard, MIT, UMass, NIH, AMA, etc., talking about the efficacy of meditation and how it quiets the mind. And what it really does, when you're in a difficult situation, your amygdala gets stimulated. That's the part of your brain that kicks in when you have a fight-or-flight response, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, all of that. The other part of the brain I'll mention is the left prefrontal lobe. The left prefrontal lobe of your brain is the part of your brain that's active when you're feeling good, when you're feeling creative, when you're receptive, you're kinder to others when you're coming from there. So what we need to do is we need to do something to have us spend less time in the limbic system, in the amygdala, and more time in the left prefrontal lobe. Very fortunately, every study that's ever been done on meditation shows that meditation puts your amygdala to sleep, and people who meditate, when they get in a difficult situation, over time, this is not a quick fix, the regular meditators spend a lot more time in their left prefrontal lobe. So this is neural physics. This is not just breathe to 10 and you, and, and you feel better for a few minutes. This actually yeah, changes the neuroprocessing of your brain. Exactly. It's also neuroplasticity. Now, neuroplasticity simply means, means your brain is not like a piece of furniture. Your brain can actually grow and change, and I am right on that train with you because the truth is, David, we all know that the brain can change over time because we've all done it. Everybody has had the experience of driving a car, if they drive a car, and looking up and going, wow, I just drove 20 miles. Wow, what happened? Well, there's a habit brain. There's a great big old neural bundle in your brain for driving or brushing your teeth or anything you do habitually. So if you meditate habitually, because I love what you're saying. It's so very important, David. I want to just back you up. If you meditate, you're going to activate this other part of the brain. Now, I know that for you, David, in the work that you've been doing and teaching people to meditate, 
I have to just say there are also tremendous health benefits. And benefits, I'm going to come in here as your modern love doctor, for your relationship. Imagine being in a relationship where you're not reactive, where you could actually talk things out with your partner. I think that's a pretty good bet, David. What do you think? Yes, I mean, that's certainly a good thing. That's, of course, different from the question of how to draw guidance. But meditation, yes, it, it oh, lowers your stress response well, that's in general. One of my questions is that if you have guidance, doesn't that help your love life? Wait for that question because it's coming. <laughs> okay. Are you, are, you, uh, are you asking me that? No, I, I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. So we're going to get to that question. I was teasing our audience a little bit. So okay. when we talk about things like inner guidance, are you also including what we often call wisdom? Uh, that's sort of a tough question. Perhaps. It's kind of not the way I look at it. Um, if mm-hmm. it's true guidance, it's it's more likely to be correct. So I guess you could call that wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but to go back to what you were asking before, you know, how does, how does one develop this? So there are two aspects to it. One is to be able to calm the mind. And the second part, this is slightly more complex or slightly more subtle, is to get to neutral. Because if I walked up to you and I said, don't you like my new sweater? I just bought this sweater. I spent a fortune and I love it. Don't you like it? What are you going to say? You say, yeah, yeah, I like it. But if I walked up to you and I said, you know, I just bought this sweater. I think it's okay. I'm not sure about it. And I kept the receipt. What do you think? Which one is more likely to get a true answer? Yeah. Obviously, the second one. The question you framed... The question you frame provokes an answer. Yeah. But it's not just the question. It's your commitment to thinking that you already know the answer. It's not Mm -hmm. the question you frame. I mean, that's also true. You can ask a poor question. But the question can be framed identically. But in one case, you really want to hear a certain answer. And in another case, you simply want to know what's true. So part of the work is to get to neutral to accept that the universe is smarter than you are. And ju- I know what I think. I'm actually tired of what I think. I want to know, as you put it, wisdom. I want to know what's right. But to get that, you have to get to neutral because you're not going to hear it. If you're already committed in a certain direction, completely committed, and you simply want to get corroboration for what you've already decided, you'll get that cor- corroboration. But that's not a true answer. That's like I say to you, don't you love this sweater? I put you in an awkward spot. What are you supposed to do? Does that make sense? Exactly. So, of course, absolutely. So the question that you're really looking for is the question that's more neutral, that allows that deeper part of the mind to answer. That's correct. And, And I'll say again, it's a little bit less that the question is neutral. Your commitment to a particular path is neutral. That's different than the question. You can, in fact, ask a leading question, but what I'm suggesting is that, look, how many times in your life have you really wanted something, you really wanted it, and you finally got it, and it turned out to be a disaster? And how many times in your life have you desperately avoided something, and it inevitably happened, and you said, gee, you know, that wasn't so bad? So what would be helpful to sort of loosen the soil would be to just remember the fact that, and I don't mean you, I mean all of us, you're not quite the genius that you think you are. 
And sometimes there's something in store for you that's even better than what you want. But you'll deny it if you're so sure that everything you think is right, there is no room for guidance to come in. So what are some of the ways that people can become more neutral? Because there's this this human tendency to fall in love with something, whether it's food or it's the idea of a vacation or a certain someone or a house. How do we stay more in the neutral? How do we lessen that commitment, as you put it? That's a good question. Uh, For myself, I can say that I'm a spiritual person and accept the fact that there's more going on than, than than you can tell directly with your physical eyes. Let's put it that way. I've been a practitioner of yoga, and I don't mean yoga postures, I mean yoga philosophy, for 40 years. And that's all about there's, there's an intelligence greater than you, and there's a reality that's greater than you. And your, your peace and the kind of life you would like to live will come through tuning into that greater than yourself. You know, it's kind of funny. People, you know, there's that old book title, Look Out for Number One. You know, watch out for yourself. The more you watch out for yourself, the more miserable you are. People who have the most joy in their lives are people who serve. None of, none of, all of the feelings about yourself lead to negativity. Frustration is about you. Anger is about you. Guilt is about you. Sadness is about you. Depression is about you. All of the feelings that you would like to feel are externally focused. Joy is not about you. Happy is about you. Compassion is not about you. Service is not about you. Empathy is not about you. Kindness is not about you. So the more we shut down into our little tiny egoic self, the more unhappy we are. I love what you just said, David. I think that is so very, very important. You know, you're making me think about the other David, Dr. David Hawkins, who did the consciousness scale, that we don't start gaining consciousness We don't start gaining energy, light, power, whatever you want to call it, until we get above the line. And below the line are, you know, all the things that you just named, anger, uh, shame, guilt, all of those things, and they make us lose energy and power. And he tested these things on the body, everybody. So the body responded with less and less energy. And then you get up above the line, you've got courage, you've got All the way up to the top, we get to love, joy, and enlightenment. So what you're saying, there are many different ways that different scientists, different people have looked at what David Gamow is talking about right now. And you guys, it also made me flash on 12-step programs. When you said power greater than yourself, every, and I've been working for so many years, sending people to recovery in my own five and a half years of diligent, diligent work in Al-Anon, where I certainly belonged with my little formerly codependent self. And the power greater than yourself is seeking that guidance outside of ourselves. And it is vitally important that we have a way to access that. So David, walk us through your best set of steps. You've already offered that it's important to practice meditation so that we can get to a place where the part of our brain that allows us 
to access higher wisdom or guidance, however you want to call it, can activate instead of the old reactive self. You've also encouraged us to look toward service, which absolutely is the key to happiness. And what else would you advise us to do to help for those who may be already looking toward inner guidance and those who may have no experience with it? It's a little bit of a tricky question um, because a little bit, it needs to come out of who you are. So it's kind of like, I can show you how to play the piano and how you play the piano has no bearing on the rest of your life. Um, You can be a nice person and learn to play the piano. You can be a nasty person and learn to play the piano. You can be any kind of profession and learn to play the piano. But but something like guidance is not a, a switch that you can flip so easily. It really comes out of a life. That's why I mentioned yoga practice before. And again, that's not just yoga postures. It's a whole way of life. So it, it tends to come out of the person a little bit. So, you know, when I talk about getting to neutral, because there's more wisdom in the universe than you know, a lot of people would say, well, but that's ridiculous. What do you mean there's wisdom in the universe? So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, for me, it comes from a spiritual basis. Um, the, The best I could say to people who are not inclined in that direction is to do the work to try and get to neutral. If, you, if you're asking right. a question, right? And one of the things about mm-hmm. meditation, one of the things about meditation is you don't have to have any particular spiritual path to That's practice correct. meditation. That's absolutely correct. You know, I've correct. taken trainings from neurologists at UC Berkeley who happened to be studying meditation, became meditators themselves because they were interested in the science, only to discover it made them a different and a better person. So you don't have to have that. There are Christian contemplatives. There are Buddhist contemplatives, Hindu, Muslim. I don't care what faith you've been called to. Judaism, every, every path, because I'm, I'm that person, I've explored them all pretty deeply, has some sort of contemplative or meditative practice. Or if you're not into anything spiritual, just Learn to quiet your mind. There are a lot of tools for that. So for those folks who are not necessarily called to a path, what tools can they use? Well, one thing, for example, I mean, I have, uh, I, I'm, if, if I can mention, I mean, I'm doing a class in this at East West Bookshop in Mountain View tomorrow evening, actually. I was going to mention it for you. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Everybody get the, to, get the to the class in Mountain View. Because there's a long checklist of things. I won't, have, I won't have time to yeah, go through East each West, item. Let me just say this. For those sure. who don't know, East West Bookstore is one of the finest archives, in my opinion, of a broad, broad, broad range of practices, and they host these wonderful classes with teachers like David Gamo. I'll also be speaking there in the near future, and there's a catalog coming out with all of that. But it's important to at least commit to an exploration, because exploration is often the jumping-off point for all of us. And if you're like me, I didn't decide to explore. I waited till I was in so much pain, so much depression, so much anxiety, so much agony. I could not stand myself or my life, and then I started looking. So don't do what I did if you can avoid that, okay? Just, just voluntarily go and say, gee, I wonder if I could explore something that would make my life 
better and go take David's class. <laughs> Did you want me to go back to answer the, the previous yeah, question about things please? we can do? I just had, sure. to, just had to, to throw that in there. Sure. Um, oh, and I'll just mention the website so they can find all the information for both of us. Yeah, I'll throw that out at um, the end, yeah. and we'll have it. Oh, okay, very good. Yeah, don't worry. Okay. Um, one, one thing that someone could do, for example, is to keep a little journal. We've all had hits of something in our life where you just suddenly get this sense, boy, you know, I really should go there today or something like that. And then your conscious mind kicks in and says, oh, but that's silly. It's too far. I don't want to go. And then you find out that there's this great thing that happened there. And you think, damn, I really should have gone. Or you have something, you know, I really don't want to do that. And then you wind up doing it anyway, and it's a disaster. So we get these little hits of guidance, and we train ourselves to ignore them. So what I would encourage people to do very often, more often than random, those intuitions turn out to be right. Because there was a part of your mind that knew something, and you sort of couldn't figure out the logic behind it, so you rejected it. Oh, that's just stupid. Why would I do that kind of self-talk? So I would suggest right. to people that keep a little bit of a journal. The times when you have a hit on something and don't listen, and then you really regret that you didn't listen, write it down. And the times when you do something against that hit, write that down. And then, over time, read those. And so when you get a hit on something and your conscious mind kicks in and says, don't do that, why do you want to do that for? Even though you have this sense you should do it. <laughs> Take out the journal, right. flip through the pages, and say, look, you're not so smart. Why don't you shut up and sit in the corner? <laughs> or say, so thank you very much for sharing. Sure. Thank you very much for sharing. But, sure. you know, I think I'm just going to see what this other part of me has to say. Now, I have to ask this because this is Modern sure. Love Radio. Back to the question toward the top of the show. What would you advise people to do if they want inner guidance about their love lives? Because so often people see evidence like the person who wrote the question, gee, he's a train wreck. He's been going through all the people at work and breaking up with one after the next, but he tells you you're different. I mean, what would you say to this woman about trusting her own inner guidance? Well, first, I would ask whether it's really inner guidance or not, because it sounded to me like she wasn't neutral. She would need to work on it and get to a point where she really could accept the fact, really accept, not just say, or not just intellectually, but really accept the fact, you know, I don't know. Maybe this guy will be great for me. Maybe he'll be awful. If you can get to neutral, that's why, see, you need to practice this. Generally speaking, you need to practice this in the little ways first. If you go to a gym to lift weights, you don't start with the 200-pound barbell. You start with a five-pound barbell. So people often come to me in some crisis situation and say, I'm not getting anything. What do I do? And the answer is, you want to play Mozart, you've got to start by playing the scales. Exactly. So, that's, so this is what I meant when I said this, building into the brain. Yeah. this is what I meant when I said this is part of a life. This isn't just mm-hmm. a, flip, a, a switch that you can flip when you need it six months from now. You need to live a life of receptivity and accepting the fact that the universe is smarter than you are. And if that's your daily practice, if that's how you live your life, when the time comes when the chips are really down and you really need something, you're a heck of a lot more likely to get it. Yeah, and that that receptivity, and yeah, and I just want to, because I know some of the people in our audience are going, 
what do you mean the universe is smarter? Well, you are part of the universe and you're accessing that part of yourself. We all Here, let me, have let, it. And let me put it, it clinically. Yeah, go ahead, David. I'll, try, I'll, put, I'll put it more clinically so that the skeptics and atheists can believe. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there is no algorithm that tells a scientist how to, how, what experiment to design to get where he wants to go. There's no algorithm in math. Where she wants to go. I have to say it. There's no... You're speaking to a scientist over here. How about it? I'll switch to it. There's no algorithm in math that tells a human how to do a proof. You have to have an insight. That's just part of the human mind. So what I will say is when you have a strong opinion or you're under stress, the part of your mind that generates insights shuts down. And so you're not using that part of your mind. What does it mean to be creative? Creative, you're not using an algorithm to arrive at creativity. You have some flash of insight. People under stress, what's writer's block? You're a great writer. Writer's block is you get so tense with the deadline that you can no longer produce creativity. Exactly. That's a great way to look at it, and I think that's extremely useful, David. Now, would you do me a favor, because it turns out sure. I thought I had your website written here. Would you give that out to people, please? Um, the, the website for uh, East West Bookshop is eastwestbooks.org, O-R-G, eastwestbooks.org. Fantastic. And what about your own website? Would you give that out? Um, that is... Uh, and uh, I can update your number. It says we've trained over 30,000 people. We're now over 40,000. Um, the Great. company name is Clarity Seminars. And we do stress management training at the highest levels of government and for corporations. Dot com? Dot com. What's, what's yes. the full website? Okay, clarityseminars.com. Www yes, that's correct. Okay, got it. All right, and Clarity is spelled the way you would think of Clarity, everybody. Same spelling. Yes. So ClaritySeminars.com. David, thank you so much for being sure. our guest. You do get the last word. What do you want to leave our audience with? What do you want them to take away? What I would like people to take away is challenging. But the pain in our lives is, I will say, virtually 100% self-inflicted. We all know people whose lives look like a total disaster, and those people always look great. And there are other people where the slightest thing goes wrong, and they complain about it, and they're miserable for months. We are responsible for what happens in our consciousness, and there is no causality between an external event or circumstance and how you have to feel. And our addiction, if I can put it that way, as humans, is I'll feel better if I can get everything in my life just right. And most people are competent enough that that works most of the time. But the real trick is when that's not working, what do you do about what's happening in your own head? That's our responsibility. Beautiful. Thank you so much, everyone. Our sure. guest today is David Gamo, ClaritySeminars.com, and... Get thee to East West Bookstore in the South Bay. It's a resource that everyone who's on 
any sort of path of growth or exploration or spiritual path, you need to know about them and support them because we have very few bookstores left, number one. They've got not only books, they've got beautiful gifts and I must say they have beautiful jewelry because I avail myself of the jewelry section whenever I can. So get down there and explore, and I'll see you there soon. Also, remember, mark your calendar. Join me for our next Modern Love Training on March 9th. It's nine steps to save your love and grow your money. Big thank you to our executive producer, Cliff Dunning. Extra thank you to our guest, David Gamo. And to you, modern lovers, many, many blessings. Enjoy all the love you can give. Bye for now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.